have Kevin with Christ Connection with us today. He was with us. We were trying to figure out when that was. He was last with us. I don't know about you. My life is pre-COVID, post-COVID. I don't remember years anymore. I just know it was before COVID. And uh, he's going he's to come and share. We, we support him as a missionary because he goes all around the world just teaching on prayer. And since it's our time of prayer and fasting, I think it'd be good for us to just take a bit of a nugget when it comes to prayer. Amen? Kevin, why don't you come share and do, introduce your family to everyone? And it is a joy, and it was a joy to be able to spend time with you last night. Good morning. I brought way too much stuff with me to the podium here, so sorry about that. Uh, trying to shake hands and do the whole thing, but uh, it is great to be with you this morning, and uh, I'm excited for what God has for our service uh, here. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to be one of your missionaries. Uh, it's good to have a Texas contingency out there, you know, uh, but as I, uh, we're from Minnesota, so uh, that's as you can tell from my appearance, you know, that's, uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, as I travel around, part of our heart is to be able to go to any church in the United States, no matter the size, and you're allowing us to do that. We're, uh, God's opening the doors for us to take uh, two trips a year overseas to be a, a blessing to missionaries and uh, uh, pray on site with insight. And, uh, and so you're helping us uh, to go there. And so uh, I just wanted to start by saying thank you. Uh, I'm grateful grateful for your partnership with us. We couldn't do what we're doing uh, without you. Uh, I'm going to get to my uh, message in a moment. I've got a couple things first to get Sorry about the weather. All right, I'm just, uh, as a Minnesota guy, I'm sorry if I brought it here. I'm sorry. That's, uh, I just had to get that out of the way. You know, uh, it's, it's really not my fault because I don't want to go back to Minnesota t this afternoon. Uh, you know, it's supposed to be negative nine there. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll just move here. I don't know. But it's, uh, uh, so I just had to get that out of the way. But also I wanted to uh, introduce my family. Jenny's on her way up here, uh, uh, and our daughter Samantha, who's uh, 16, went to college visit while we're down here, so maybe she'll uh, end up coming down. We'll see. Uh, now is the moment when I have my wife greet the people, which is me handing the microphone and see what happens. All right, here we go. All right, well, good morning. It's so great to be here. I'm very sorry again, about 14 degrees, but I hear it's going to get better, right? That's what I've heard. So I wanted to come up and share something God laid on my heart um, for you, and that may seem a little weird, but um, I am a pastor's wife. I've been a pastor's wife for 27 years. I know I don't look that old. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, but I am a half glass empty person. I really fight to be joyful. I really fight to be see life in a positive way. I was raised in a home that the, we had a glass and it was leaking, so there was never quite, it was never quite half full even, or half empty, it was just leaking everywhere. So I really fight to be someone that's positive and have a positive outlook on life. And every year God gives me a word for the year. It's happened for the last five or six years. One year it was the word no, N-O. It was a great year. I learned how to say no. God said no. I was okay with no. Like, I'm not as much as I was that year, but, you know, maybe he'll bring it back. We'll see. 
But I have been a survivor all my life. Anybody else out there just making it through? Like one day at a time, Lord, I could do it. I'm always, the water's always right here. And I like sneak up, get a breath, come back down. I'm always in survival mode. And God gave me a word one year. And the word was thrive. And he said, I want you to stop surviving and start thriving. And I was like, awesome. Like, this is going to be a great year. You know, when God gives you the word in November and you know January, you have the word thrive, you're like, woo, right? You are so excited about what God's going to do. You're like, my finances are going to thrive. My relationships are going to thrive. Like, travel, work, ah, everything's going to be great. Like, they're going to upgrade me to first class. You know, like, you're ready. And then that year happened. And I will be honest with you, it was the worst year of my life. My mother was diagnosed with cancer. There were many times, since I'm the oldest and the most responsible, if my siblings are watching, um, <laughs> I sat in a hospital room with my mom going, this may be the last time I spend time with her. She was very, very sick. Now she's still with us today, thank the Lord. The Lord really worked some miracles during that time. But when you're sitting in a hospital room with someone that you're not sure is going to live, that's one of the most important people in your life, and you go, Lord, this is thriving, there's an attitude adjustment that happens. Because all of a sudden you realize that thriving with the Lord does not mean the circumstances that you're in. And I just wanted to come to this church. I felt like this is what God wanted to say to this church. You may think you're just surviving, but God wants you to be thriving personally and as a church. And that does not mean how many people are in the sanctuary. That does not mean the finances. That means God's in control. And he will come alongside of you and say, this is not my plan for you. I love Jeremiah 29 11. I just absolutely love it. It's, it's in all of our houses, right? Like it's everywhere. It's our like theme. Um, I'm going to read it for you because I always screw it up because I have it memorized in like so many different versions. For I know the plan I have for you, declares the Lord, a plan to prosper and not to harm you, a plan to give you a future and hope. Now, I love that verse because I've always focused on the future and the hope. Like, Lord, I need a hope. Woo! But that year, God said to me, what's really important in that verse is for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. So no matter what you're walking through, God has a plan for you to thrive. No matter what you're currently doing, what, if you're looking at your finances going, this does not make sense, Lord. The Lord says, I want you to look to me and know that I've got a plan. And it's an attitude to giving it back to him every moment. And I will tell you, it's not easy because I do it all the time. And you sit there at the hospital bed with your mother and she's as loopy as I've ever seen her. And I'm going, Lord, I can't do this. Lord, I'm, I'm surviving. And he said, no, you're not. Because I have a plan for you. And you are my child and I love you. And you are going to thrive through this. And as a church, no matter what walk you're about to walk into this year, God wants you to thrive as a church. Don't look, at the, don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the finances. God wants you to thrive. He has a plan for you. He declares it in Jeremiah 29, 11.
and he has a plan for you to thrive. Amen. See, I, I never knew when I was going to get the microphone back. You know, this, this could have gone for a while. And she is a preacher, so we talked about, you said pre and post COVID. For us, that really was a deal as a ministry because she was working another job till, till COVID, and then COVID got said, now's the time for Jenny to join the ministry. And I'm like, um, I, I, you talk about finances. She, she, her, her job helped uh, support my hobby of ministry. So this was, uh, uh, was going to be interesting. And God didn't really seem to care what I thought about the situation. So I, uh, but God's been doing amazing things. Uh, she has a podcast. If you're a podcast person, Real Life with Jenny, uh, which has been uh, downloaded in uh, over 60 countries around the world. And God's been using her in amazing ways with that. Again, that's real life with Jenny, if you're taking notes. I just, uh, I, I, I get, I have to go home with her tonight. You know, so no, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's, uh, got to make the good push there. No, uh, she's also come out with a, a book called The Unnamed Zookeeper. If you're wondering who the unnamed zookeeper is, uh, that is uh, Noah's wife. Ever thought about Noah's wife? Hey. You know, she does all the things that Noah does. She does, uh, you know, does all the effort. They do this project together. They build this big boat, you know. Uh, and she doesn't even get her name in the Bible. You know, and some of you may feel like that. You know, you're serving God, working hard, and you wonder if God even knows your name. And so Jenny takes that and other ladies of the Bible to... Uh, teach us and encourage us in our in our walk with Jesus. Um, we only have a couple of these left, so if you're interested, you better hurry back to the table afterwards. We do have more of these, though, so uh, I'll push this. This is my uh, latest book since I've been here last, not just for super Christians. Uh, that is a uh, kind of an adventure in listening with God, because... Uh, I'm a nerd, so we have a time machine in there. So that's, that's all I'm going to say right now. There's a time machine in there. Because uh, uh, you're, you're looking at me strange. Like, oh, what, 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 who got the microphone today? That's really what they're thinking. Uh, well, uh, I was watching last week's service, and, and you were talking about keeping the fire burning. Uh, you got the fire flame up there. Well, if you go back to the table and look at my business card, on my business card uh, is my official title for the ministry is Spiritual Pyromaniac, all right? Uh, so uh, I, they lined this up right for me. I, I am set to go. Uh, I saw the message last week was uh, uh, keeping the fire going. I'm just going to call it keeping the fire going part two this morning. That's uh, what we're going to call this because... I'm not that creative. Uh, that's really the reason for that. Uh, you know, like, how, how do you get a uh, title, Spiritual Pyromaniac, uh, for, you know, on your business card? Well, when you start your own organization, you can call yourself whatever you'd like, you know? Uh, it was either that or uh, probably Batman. I don't know. Uh, I, I was, uh, actually, on your, on your phone, uh, well, at least on my phone, if, I, if I'm wanting to text myself something uh, for, you know, to remind myself, so I send myself a text, my, my name in here is Batman. <laughs> so, uh, so if I'm in, driving in the car, I want to uh, remind myself, 
text Batman in a second, because I am Batman. Uh, That's a true story. Uh, This is, anyway, so my wife gave me the look like, you better get preaching here. (laughs) This is going to be a problem. Uh, I I do need to explain one other thing, uh, why I'm wearing the superhero shirt. If you weren't here last time, I always need to explain why I'm wearing a superhero shirt. Uh, First of all, it's because I'm a nerd, uh, and that this makes me feel comfortable. Um, One of my chapter titles in my first book is Embrace the Nerd Within, okay? Uh, that's a spiritual concept, so uh, uh, this will preach. But uh, you know, I, I, uh, so that's why first reason why where I'm a nerd. I'm here. I'm here to be your friend. So I will help you with my nerdiness. But uh, I also wear it because as I travel around church after church, there's an idea that has crept into the church that uh, there are super Christians. And then there are the rest of us who just need to muddle through. You know, there's uh, those who really have it together. Uh, they're, the, they're the ones who really know how to pray. They're the ones who, uh, you know, just super intimidating folks. You don't want to sit next to them at the prayer meeting. It's just, just like, uh, it's just like, because you know, they pray and then you have to pray. It's like, no, please, no, God. Uh, then you really start to pray. You're like, oh, my. Uh, may they not call on me. You know, I'm, I mean, and so... Uh, there's just this idea, and it's not meant to be that way. It wasn't designed to be that way. God likes to spend time with you. He enjoys your company. Wherever you feel like you are in your journey with God, he likes to spend time with you and be with you. And, 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 and that is kind of the basic, simple place that we start when we talk about prayer. Uh, our ministry's name is Christ Connection, and that's really what it's all about. It's about a prayer is our connection with Christ. All of us can do that, no matter where you're on the journey. Uh, I was thinking about a story early on in Jesus's uh, ministry, uh, Mark chapter one. Mark chapter one. Uh, uh, while I turn there, you can turn there, I guess. Uh, Mark chapter 1, verses uh, 32 through 39. And it, just kind of setting that, uh, that up, uh, Jesus has just begun his ministry. Things are starting to happen. Things are going, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mark is kind of this fast-paced gospel. Boom, 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 boom. This uh, uh, immediately is one of the key words in the gospel of Mark because it's going boom, boom, over here, over there. And it's just kind of this fast-paced account of the life of Jesus. And he's getting these disciples that are following him. And so they're kind of learning what he's all about. And the, uh, the miracles began to start to happen. And there's this moment at uh, right there at the beginning of this ministry, in verse 32, at that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Now imagine that night. The whole town comes out to hear Jesus. Maybe you're one of his his early disciples and you know maybe you're doing a little bit of crowd control that's kind of your job or you're just standing there watching as as demons are fleeing and people are healed I mean what a day that uh, evening that must have been right I mean as Jesus does one miracle after the other and the whole town's kind of uh, uh, watching 
And then I just imagine using you know, my imagination here that after uh, they send everyone home, they, they go back into the house and they, you know, everyone's trying to find a place to crash, you know, just find a place here and crash on the floor. And, uh, and they finally all go to bed. And it says in uh, verse 35, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And then it says, Simon and his companions went to look for him. Well, so let's unpack that a little bit. That means they woke up after this great day. And Jesus is gone. You know, like, oh, where's Jesus? Uh, he was right there, wasn't he? I mean, I said, like, what's going on? And so they, who's, who's responsible for Jesus? You know, like, uh, which one? And so they, they kind of grab their coffee and they pour out into the street. Uh, and people uh, ask them, you know, aren't you the guys that are with Jesus? And, uh, and yeah, we were, I guess. You know, but, uh, uh, we don't know where he is, and so we're going to go find him. And so uh, I, I love my phone for when my, my family goes places because uh, the Find My app is, is, is just a beautiful thing. You know, it's a, uh, and the disciples that day were wishing they had a Find My Jesus app. You know, it's just like, where, where did Jesus go? You know, because uh, they, they, they don't have the technology we do. We don't know where Jesus went. He, he he got up in the morning and he left. And so they began, it says, Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Now, I'm in the process of learning Spanish. Uh, uh, I'm in the process of learning Spanish. Uh, but so, uh, so sometimes, I, I, this is my Spanish-English Bible. And uh, so sometimes I'll have my devotions in Spanish, uh, which means it's just very slow, okay? So I just, you know, I have to take a long time as I'm working through this process. But uh, the phrase there, everyone is looking for you in Spanish is todo el mundo te te busca. I didn't say I was good at Spanish. I'm learning Spanish. It's fine. Uh, But the idea there, uh, literally, is the whole world's looking for you. The whole world's looking for you. Not, you know, Simon not prone to exaggeration at all or anything, but, you know, like everyone's looking for you. It's time to go back into the city and repeat yesterday. That was great. Let's do that again. Because that was awesome. And everyone in the town's looking, so let's go back and do that again, is what they're kind of getting at. And Jesus says, Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So they traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and driving out demons. Something that happens in us is we see God doing something and then we just assume let's just repeat that. But Jesus knew the importance of getting alone and hearing from God for the next step. Because the next step may be different than the past step. Actually, Luke chapter 5, verse 16 says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. 
Because the reality is, he called us on an adventure with him. And in order to go on that adventure, we need a constant hearing from heaven. We need a constant direction from him. Uh, Jesus didn't say, here is the map. He said, I am the way. And if we're going to uh, follow him, that's going to require of us as individuals and as a church to constantly be going back to, where are you leading me today? What do you have for me this day, this week, this month? It may be different than last week, last year, last uh, decade, who knows? But it's a constant going back because that's where prayer becomes fun. When you're saying, God, speak to me. Uh, Prayer is so much more fun when it's a dialogue than when it's a monologue. Uh, uh, Sometimes we think, let's just talk to God, but let's give some time to listen. Because one of the things that we find when we often withdraw is the first point number one is we hear the plans of heaven. God is inviting you as a church and you as individuals to hear the plans of heaven. You commit to the adventure and prayer is no longer boring. I'm going to go to Isaiah 30 a couple times here. But Isaiah chapter 30 verse 1 says, Woe to the obstinate children, declares the Lord. To those who carry out plans that are not mine, forming an alliance, but not by my spirit, heaping sin upon sin. The danger is that we start making our own plans. The danger is we're like, I can figure this out now. As opposed to saying, God, I need you on a continual basis. What is your plan? What are the alliances you want? What are the the plans for this year? And one of the beauties of a Sunday like this is most of us, uh, you know, if you had all these resolutions, you're probably done with them by now. You know, it's like, uh, you're like, okay, that that was fun. You know, it's like, uh, because, I mean, if the the math is correct, but, you know, most of the... People quit their resolutions in the, you know, the first month. So um, now let's take it back a step and say, God, what do you want for my life? Uh, Jenny often uh, preaches uh, about the idea that you can uh, take your plans, you create your plans, and then go to God and say, God, bless my plans on the one side. Or you can take your empty hand and go into the presence of God and say, God, what is your plan? That's the better way to live. That's the better way to journey with him. What is your plans for me? Because then we're listening for heaven. And I mean, that's why Jesus taught us when we are to pray, say, your kingdom come. What is your agenda for my day, for my week? You, get, you go into his presence and begin to ask him, for what that looks like, your plans coming to my life. Later in Isaiah 30, verse 21, it says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. We want that for our lives, don't we? What is the way you're saying for us to go? Even as Pastor Rich earlier in the service said, what are your dreams? 
What are your dreams for my life? And let me walk in that. Give him space for him. And one of the beauties of that, in that story with Jesus, is we become clear on, in between two good things. Because going back into town would have been a good thing. There's nothing, they were doing good work. But God had something else for them to do. And sometimes we need to take before God and say, what, what is that good, better, best plan that you have for my day, my week, my life? And it brings us to my second thing. We find the correct connection to time when we learn to withdraw and be with God. We learn, have a correct connection to time. Uh, I'll, I'll say a word that I uh, feel some of you just hang on uh, when I say this, uh, don't have a panic attack. Uh, the word that I'm going to say is assignment. <clears throat> now, I, I say that because, uh, first of all, I have my daughter in the room, and she starts you know, her second semester of college. And, uh, and, and so assignment, may, you know, it can be a stressful word sometimes. You know, uh, that, uh, if you're involved with school, you know, assignments uh, sometimes have a bad connotation. But what I'm talking about here, is the assignments that God has for each one of us. Those assignments that we, well, let, let me put it uh, this way. Uh, one author says, uh, uh, my imagination is bigger than my calendar. <laughs> I, I'm an idea guy. I, 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 I get all sorts of ideas. No, I I'm sorry, I gotta take these out of my pocket. They're distracting me. I, I'm so cool. I, I carry around these pens that have multicolors. So, anyways, I needed to get them out of my pocket. Uh, so, I, I am this cool. I'm Kevin. I'm your friend. Here we go. Let's go. Uh, but uh, we get these ideas. I mean, I could, I could come up with all sorts of ministry ideas, and that just creates stress in my life uh, because I can't do it all. I can't do everything. I need to simply do what God wants me to do. Uh, my grandfather, who was uh, uh, 105, passed away this, this week, so went to be with Jesus. He, he loved Jesus. and uh, So 105. And I'm coming out, if you're a YouTube person, I'm coming out with a video this week, so you guys get this early. But uh, uh, when I was visiting him when he was 95, he... Uh, we went, kind of, it was the three of us, we went around the country, and my grandfather's 95 went with us, you know, because why not, you know, and he, yeah, try, to, uh, try to keep up with him was kind of the deal, uh, but, and so we went to this orphanage, and uh, which was one of his college buddies had helped start this orphanage. And uh, at one point in the, I think it was right before lunch, uh, Jenny and Sam and some of the other people went out outside. And so there was me and my cousin and my grandfather and the guy who's the head of the orphanage sitting in the solarium. And they, you know, so it's because it's my, my, you know, these two venerable people, my cousin and I just shut up, you know, like let these people talk, you know. And so we're sitting there uh, listening to this conversation. And the, the guy who was uh, running this orphanage, was, they began, the two of them began to talk about this third member of, that they went to college with. And, 
And the third member of the college had gone to the, the big city and started this big, huge church. And the guy who had started the orphanage was almost kind of feeling bad. Like, you know, we're, we're, the two of us are getting near the end of our lives and we haven't accomplished all that, uh, you know, that other uh, person who went to college did. And it was almost like my, my grandfather cor starts correcting his friend. He says, no, we each had our own assignments from God. We had different assignments. Uh, he's like, my assignment was to, uh, to be an example of divine health, which is why, part of why he lived 105. You know, so he's trying to make a point. You know, uh, hey, you know he made it well. So anyways, uh, that God can heal you. You know, so uh, he's like, that was my calling. Your calling was to start this orphanage. Uh, that our pastor friend uh, went to the big city. That was his assignment. Do your assignment, my grandfather was saying. And I'm, I'm here as his representative this morning to tell each of you and this as a church, do your assignment. Don't try to be the, the church down the street. Don't try to be the person down the street. Do what God has called you to do. And if you do that, there's all of a sudden freedom. There's a freedom to be who God's called you to be. There's a weight that's all off your shoulders because as Jesus told his brothers, therefore, in John 7, verse 6, that Jesus told him, my time has not yet come for you. Any time will do. He's like, you guys can do anything you want, whenever you want, but I'm following my father, so I got certain things I'm going to do. It. Okay, let me explain. Let my nerdiness help you here for the next couple minutes here. Uh, let, let, me, uh, let me take the weight off your shoulders. Uh, this is where assignment comes into play. Because we cannot do it all. We just can't do it all. Uh, we live in a world where you can go on uh, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, and you see all these people that seem to be doing it all. But you can't do it all, okay? It's just not physically possible to do it all. Again, let my nerdiness help you. A while back I looked, and in the Library of Congress... There are 2.9 million books, okay? 2.9 million books. That is a lot of books. Now, if you're a book person, that may sound like heaven, uh, but let me uh, do some math for you here. In order to read that many books, you would need to read 36,000 books a year for the next 80 years, all right? You are not going to, now my wife may try, she, she's an amazing reader, but it's just not going to happen. But do take some of our books home with you because we don't want to take them on the plane. But uh, it's like, uh, you can't read them all, so don't stress about it. Do read the books God called you to read and don't, you don't, all right, you're like, Kevin, you're a nerd. I don't, I don't need those books things. Let me, let me, let's talk about something else. Okay, movies. How about movies? Uh, maybe you're a movie person. In the IMDb database, when I looked, at, uh, this has obviously changed, but uh, uh, when I looked last, it was 605,284 movies in the database. <laughs> If you would like to re, uh, watch all those movies, assuming they don't make any more, and I hear they, they're still making some movies, you would need to 
watch 20 a day for the next 80 years. That's a lot of movies in a day. And that's, you know, you just every single day. You're like, Kevin, you're, you're a preacher. You're so unspiritual. I just want to tell people about Jesus. I just want to one after the other after the other tell people. All right, all right, all right, settle down. Let me help you here. <laughs> uh, there are currently 7.7 billion people in the world. If I were somehow able to lie, uh, figure this out uh, and have you, you know, stand here and tomorrow morning, just like one person after the other person, after the other person, after the other person, come through the door and you could talk to them. You would need to talk to 263,000 people a day for the next 80 years to talk to everyone. And that's assuming nobody else is born. You just can't do it all. And that's not to make you feel bad. That actually should give you freedom. Because God has called you to touch certain people. Touch those people. God's given you certain assignments to speak to. Jesus understood. This is because he, he, he went to God in prayer. He got, he got up and said, okay, here's my next thing I need to do. Here's, we need to go to the next village. That's where we need to go. What is God saying to you? Where is he calling you to be? Because once more from Isaiah 30, verse 15, this is what the sovereign Lord says, the Holy One of Israel, in repentance and rest is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength, but you would have none of it. If you began to, and I'm not going to unpack the whole thing, but if you will go to God and say, what do you have for me to do? All of a sudden, you're in a place of rest because you don't have to do what everyone else thinks you need to do. You just need to do what God has called you to do, to be who you've got. As you listen to his voice, all of a sudden, you're saying, okay, God, uh, today, this is what God you have for me. I'm going to do that, and then I don't have to worry in quietness and uh, trust is your strength because you're trusting God saying you spoke to me that's what I'm going to do the key though is to learn the habit of Jesus to often withdraw and pray and it's our tendency in our world to find it very hard to withdraw because we're always connected. There's always another thing. You can always scroll one more. And I'm not against uh, social media. I mean, we have a quarter of a million people in our social media circle that God's given us an assignment to, uh, to reach. I'm dropping money on the stage. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's meant nothing. Okay, anyways. Uh, uh, but... Uh, He's got money falling out of his pockets. But I want to encourage you with a couple things as, I, as we make this very practical. You're like, God, I want to learn to withdraw. But I don't, I, I'm too busy. I got too much going on. I want to give you two things with, in that regard. First of all, and I, this may not be for everyone, but this is for some of you. Uh, 
Okay, it's for everyone. It's just the Bible truth here. Uh, I've been thinking about how we never get to the end of God. Now, if we make a quest to know God, we'll just never get to the end of that. And it is just so, he's so deep. He's so infinite. There's just, uh, sometimes when we walk with God, I mean, I was raised in church. I was saved at the age of uh, five. So, you know, uh, I'm 20 now. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, 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 I'm 47. I've been walking with God for 42 years. And sometimes you're like, okay, uh, you know, I, I got this God thing figured out, you know, and, and, and like what? I mean, you can spend the rest of eternity trying to know more of God. So throw yourself into that. Throw yourself into knowing more of God. As we were at the college on Thursday, whatever it was, and the preacher, we went to chapel and the preacher was talking about, you know, the various names of God. And I, I got thinking. What does God want to show me of himself in this next season? Because well, whenever God gave, you know, he had all these names of God throughout the Bible that he'd introduce himself. And because he wanted to show another aspect of himself. What does he want to show you in this next season about himself? Something that you don't necessarily grasp completely. And maybe taking something you've learned before and going to a whole new level. What is this next season for you? Hey, well, Jenny and I often talk about the words that God gives us for the year. But what about what does God want to show of himself in the next season? What about his character does, do we want, does he want us to know? Uh, we'll never get to the end of him. So uh, don't feel like if he's got to teach you something, there's like, oh, I failed. No, you'll never get there. Just keep throwing yourself into knowing him more. He wants to. And I just, as I was listening to that message, uh, at least someone in this room, God's giving you an invitation. Say, come on. Let's learn some more about me. Because I want to have this relationship with you where it's constantly growing. No matter how far you've walked with him, there's more. Come on, there's more. Let's go. There's more to, be, to follow Jesus wherever he would take you. The other thing I want to, uh, to kind of land the plane with is let's talk about our time. Because sometimes you look up at a guy like me who runs a ministry on prayer and you're like, sure, that's easy for you to say. You know, hey, you don't have to, you probably don't, you know, don't have to get up in the morning and do anything. You know, like what, what do you even do? You know, like you travel around, speak on prayer. What is that? You know, uh, so uh, that you have time to pray. Sure. I have a life. You know, that's what you're thinking. I, and I, and you're, you're probably more kind than that. But anyways, uh, uh, you know, like I, I gotta, I gotta, maybe you're like, I got children, you know, I like I children, and I, I don't have time for that, or, or, or I got important jobs, to, you know, I, maybe I, you know, I'm working the school, whatever, I got stuff to do, you know, I, I'm, 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 well, let me introduce you to, again, as a nerd, I'm here to help you, so uh, I just want to end with uh, introducing you to a, couple, a few people, that it will help you, encourage you as you think about your own time with God. The first uh, guy was a guy named Lawrence. We'll call him Larry. No, no, uh, Lawrence uh, was, a, was a guy 
who was a monk. And again, you're like, Kevin, you're talking about a monk. All they do is pray. No, no. Our guy, Larry, he worked in the kitchen. Okay. And that was his job in the monastery. His job was to work in the kitchen. And, uh, and Lawrence uh, was like, I want to know God more. I need to learn to withdraw as Jesus did. And so he said, while I'm working in the kitchen, as I'm kneading the bread, I'm going to imagine the presence of God standing me, uh, with me as I'm kneading the bread. Uh, so that at that, uh, those moments as I go about my day, I can steal moments with God. And he began, if you've been around church, you may have heard of Lawrence, brother Lawrence, uh, was so used of God that people of high ranks would want to go down into the kitchen to meet with Brother Lawrence. Because uh, and his writing became a book called The Practice of the Presence of God. Because in ordinary circumstances, he would just say, I want to close in with God. As you're driving in the car, close in with God. As you're going about your day, close in with God. The second person will encourage any parents in the room, a lady by the name of Susanna. Susanna had 19 children. I don't, yeah, that's just yeah, that's an interesting thing. But uh, 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 she and they didn't all live to adulthood, but enough. And so uh, Susanna would say, "I, I want to connect with God." And so she had this thing. She would take her apron and stick it over her head. And whenever she stuck her apron over her head, it told all the kids, "Don't bother mom. She's praying right now." The reason we know Susanna's name is because her last name was Wesley. And so uh, Susanna Wesley, uh, two of her children became great preachers. As a matter of fact, John Wesley was involved in this, uh, the great, one of the great awakenings in the United States. And I wonder as she, he was riding along in his horse around this country preaching, if he thought of his mother with her apron over her head, making a point to connect with God. The final person I want to share with you is a, is a missionary named Frank Labach. Now, Frank Labach, you're like, again, missionary, Kevin. That's all they do is they sit around and pray missionaries. No, no. Frank Labach, uh, his, uh, his job was to teach literacy across the Philippines. That was his job. Uh, and so, I mean, as a matter of fact, he did such a good job, uh, you can get a stamp with his picture on it. Oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I own one of his Frank LeBach stamps. Uh, uh, but he said, I want to, even though I'm doing all this important work, I want to be able to withdraw and be with God. And so he made himself a simple challenge called the Game of Minutes. And the Game of Minutes was simply this. He wanted to see how many minutes in a day, he could turn his thoughts toward heaven at least one second of that minute. Each day, uh, and it, as he began to do that more and more, I mean, some days went well, some days went well, but he realized he began to have this constant walk with Jesus as he went about his day. As he'd walk along the street, he would 
shoot arrows of prayer through the people he was walking by. You can do that in your car, by the way. <laughs> Rather than curse the person, you know, on 280, whatever, you know, just pray for them. You know, just say, shoot an arrow of prayer as you walk about your day. I just, as I was preparing for today, I just sensed for you as a church, God's inviting you to be with him. To go on an adventure with him. Before I turn it uh, back to Pastor Rich, would you stand? And just in this moment, would you close yourself in with God and hear his invitation? His invitation to follow the habit of Jesus to often withdraw to lonely places and pray. What is that place that he's calling you to? Where is he inviting you? What practical thing is he calling you to? We're all invited to be with Jesus. Wherever you're on your journey, he's inviting you to be with him. So would you just do this with me? Would you put your hands out like you're receiving a gift? Uh, say, and say, I want to pray for you. Jesus, I pray for this church and I pray for each individual represented. May they hear the call of heaven to come and be with you and to hear your plans, your thoughts, your assignments. Take weights off their shoulders, I pray, that they're carrying that they weren't designed to carry. Lift it, I pray, in this moment as they lay it at your feet, saying, I don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Lead me, guide me, take me to the places where I need to be to speak to the people you want me to do. Give me freedom to uh, trust you no matter where I'm going, that I would be in a constant conversation with you. Teach me to walk with you. Teach me about you. Help me to know you more. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you again for joining us. We hope that our time together has been a blessing to you. And it doesn't have to end there. If you want to find last week's sermon, you can go to Facebook, YouTube, or you can listen to us on the audio podcast. You can let us know if you'd like to be further connected in a life group. But let me go ahead and pray as we close and say, God, thank you for being with us, Lord God. Thank you for helping us to carry your words, Lord God, and change our lives, Lord. Help us to carry your love to those around us. And we thank you for what you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you and thank you for being a part. We hope to see you soon.